This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, everybody. Welcome into another edition of Spits and Suds on this Monday. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan. Hope everyone had a great weekend. I'm joined by EP Ringside, Chap Shots, our NHL guru, Sean Shapiro, who got some rest after the trade deadline, feeling fresh, and he saw what I saw on Saturday. Don't know if they can keep it up consistently, but what I saw on Saturday, I'm here to announce that is a cup contender, sir. Yeah, it's uh, that was a big statement for Dallas. Um obviously against the team that won the cup last year in Colorado. It's uh, the statement you want with, uh, with the, with the pregame fanfare celebrating a thousand games for Jamie Ben and everything like that. Uh, it's uh, the type of uh, it's, it's always such a letdown sometimes when you have those events with either a thousand games yeah. ceremony or a retired number or something like that. And then just like, you just come and get blown out of the building, right? Like those are, uh, those can be such a letdown. So those games, yeah. it's good to see to come out and win that type of game. So you can actually celebrate that type of game. Yeah. And um, I would imagine the, uh, obviously that's something that uh, Jamie will never make a big deal about it one way or the other, but I'm sure on his drive home to his fiance and to the immediate family is a little bit happy. He, he will disclose to the, the very close circle that, that he was pretty happy that they, they, they won on a, on a game like that. Um, but it's, you know what, it's, I think it's important. There's two things that I was thinking about, because there's two things that happened this weekend um, that are really important context. There's sometimes when the stars were struggling, right? And everyone was kind of thinking, and they're going to the deadline. And one thing that came to mind for me is Jim Nill had said to me and spoken several times about, hey, everyone's going to go through their peaks and valleys, right? And so the stars went through their valley. And one of the things the stars haven't earned yet, and it's just interesting to look at it, and this is a that bit roundabout way to get back to the stars, and I promise I'm getting there. Um, <laughs> you saw what happened to the Tampa Bay Lightning the other day, or this weekend, right? In the third period on Saturday, they scratched their three best players, or they bench them in the third period. Yesterday, they have zero shots in the second period of four shots through 40 minutes against the Carolina Hurricanes. And while it's a punchline and we're all making jokes at the Lightning's expense, it's not a eulogy for their season because the Lightning have earned the benefit of the doubt. And the Stars still haven't earned the benefit of the doubt. And wins like they had against Colorado, moves like bringing in Domi, solidifying the top nine, 
it starts to earn the benefit of the doubt and it starts to make you start to think, okay, they're going to go through these peaks and valleys and there is a chance for them to be at the peak at the end. Yeah. I connected everything, right? I did no, a good job there. You, you did. No, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I just, I, you know, I mentioned the word sustainability because yeah. I saw something that I saw at the beginning of the year and that was the pressure on the forecheck the physicality and I hadn't seen that, you know, as mm-hmm. much as I wanted yeah. lately. And maybe it was because it was the captain's day and they wanted to play for the captain. Um, kind of a sidebar that, you know, you mentioned, you know, nothing worse than, you know, doing a ceremony and getting drubbed. I think it was Washington last year. And I'm trying to think, I can't think of what the ceremony was, but then the Capitals like won. I think they put up seven on the board. It was it was a quick loss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, there yeah. there were just aspects that I really liked. I felt as though the stars rose to the occasion. That it had a playoff like atmosphere. And Joe Pavelski in between periods said as much. That it just had a good atmosphere. He mentioned that the fans were into it early, and the barn definitely was rocking, especially for a Saturday afternoon game. It was nationally televised, which I love. So the the nation could see the stars on display. Ottinger played well. Robertson certainly showed out. You know, that top line was effective. Uh, I thought Ty Domi fit in well. Um, I did want to get into the aspect of on Friday's podcast, you and I talked about it would be a shame to see Delandria moved when Marchman's been struggling. Now, Marchman yeah. did score, but he did stay on that line um, with uh, Sagan and Domi. So I thought that was kind of interesting. But I think we have a Swiss Army knife in Ty Delandria. I'm not saying he's going to put up a ton of goals, but at the same time, whatever line he's on, it seems to provide energy. Yeah, we Delandria is a very interesting piece because I think he opens up – he's a – Older Stars fans will remember the, they used to call Yuri Letton and Mr. Fix-It, right? Because whatever line was struggling, they would put Yuri on that line and they would start going. Again, that's that was kind of the reputation Yuri Letton had. And not saying Ty Delandry is at Yuri Letton in levels, but he does have a bit of that impact on a grouping where he can go to a line and things start working the right way, whether it's... Because and I think the thing about Delandria is he understands his role and he understands his role can change. He understands that when he's playing, where he's whether he's a support player on that line, whether he's a four checker on that line, whether he I, I, he under or whether he's being put on a line to be a primary offensive weapon like he is with Olafson and Foxa. I, I think that's such a talent to understand your role and not get overly. Uh, consumed by by the change and i think that's something that delandria brings and it's just such a great lineup unlocker where like i look at and i i look at the long-term plan for the stars like because i think it's something where you're always you're always trying to build long-term and short-term and everything like that and having that delandria flexibility allows you to just kind of move things over the next couple years even and i and obviously right now you're just trying to worry about winning this season and that's the most important thing but just if you play the game with me hypothetically of like, okay, 
I don't think Dadanov is here long term. I think that spot that Dadanov is in right now is probably the Logan Stankoven spot next year. But if Logan Stankoven's not ready for that spot right away, Ty Delandry can go there. Mm-hmm. And eventually, at some point, believe it or not, at someday age will get Joe Pavelski. Not that I yeah. <laughs> at, at, some, at some point age will get Joe Pavelski and someone else will need to run with Robertson and Hintz and Maybe it's Delandria, or maybe that's Stankoven. And Del- like, it's just he, right. he's such a great lineup unlocker where you start trying to build for the next game next year or two years from now, where you feel like I have options because I have Ty Delandria who can make things work. And it's a great, it's a, such a great piece to have. Um, and it's the reason it's like if it wasn't for Jason Robertson being in this organization, he's like a future captain, but you have Jason Robertson there, and it's very hard to not see a world where you go to one of the best players on the planet with his personality and, and superstardom and Jason Robertson. But if it wasn't for Jason Robertson, you look at Ty Delandria and look like with his versatility and what he brings, this guy's a, a future captain on this team. One of the things they talked about, you know, in circles with Max Domi is, you know, not the best on the defensive end, but could that mm-hmm. be a case where he's played on teams that overall weren't great defensively? he's played on a lot of teams. I mean, that's, that's one thing like we do have to remember, like Max Domi is, I think it's a, we talked about it on Friday. I think it's a great trade. Um, It's something they need. He's also, I want to get the number right here. So I'm pulling up his, his stat, his career stats page. He's played for Arizona, Montreal, Columbus, Carolina, Chicago, Dallas. He's on his sixth team. So it's hard. It's hard to, and he played on a good very good. He played on a good Carolina team. He helped them win game seven against Boston last year. Um, so I think he kind of is what he is in the defensive zone. But I do think, and I made this comparison today, I've got a story coming out um, this week, maybe today, it depends on uh, when Mike, one, my wonderful editor over at D Magazine, Mike Pelushi, hits editor, hits a publish on it. Nice. Uh, on, 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 on Domi. And I was thinking more and more about it that, like, that hit. The hit he had on the first shift, it took me back. I was trying to think of what it reminded me of. And for whatever, and it reminded me of, do you remember the first ever game, Vegas Golden Knights first ever game, it's played in Dallas. And I know, I know Vegas won that game, but yeah. there's a moment in that game where Cody Eakin is skating through center ice as a member of the Vegas Golden Knights and gets absolutely wrecked by Alexander Radulov. I Open remember. Big open hit by Alexander yep. Radulov. And that hits, we're talking about two different hits here. Domi's hit is on the four check in the offensive zone. Radulov's is at center ice. But it's Domi brings a lot of what the stars have been trying to replace after Radulov kind of fell off the fell off play-wise in the last two years of his deal. Uh, they've been looking for that guy who is quote unquote hard to play against. And hard to play against means they're annoying, they're physical, and they can also put the puck in the net. Mm-hmm. And Domi brings a lot of what they've been trying to find since Radulov left. Marchment was brought in to bring what Radulov left. And while well, Marchment did score this weekend, obviously the goals have not been there this season. So I think Domi brings a lot of what they've been looking for since Radulov left. He brings, uh, he's willing to get in on the forecheck. And I think if you put Domi in the right spots and when I look at him with Sagan and Marshman, even, I think that's a group where I don't want them taking defensive zone draws, but I think if they're in a spot where you're smart in their deployment, 
you can work your way around the in zone defensive zone issues because it's the it's the natural like we go back to what's the best offense what's the best defense is a good offense if you have the puck then the other then you don't have to worry about it and I think Domi's defense 200 feet away from the puck in the offensive zone for checking and everything like that it makes up for the defensive zone issues and it just comes down to coaching understanding who and what pieces you have and how you deploy them when it comes yeah. to Domi um I honestly like and I'm not and I'm trying to be I intentionally, I don't want to read off of one game, but I do think like, I look at it, if you can find, and I mentioned like Dadanov not, I don't think Dadanov is part of this team next year. I just think with, with, with Stankoven coming up and, and contract and cap wise, I don't, I don't think it makes sense, but I do look at Domi and I think like, okay, he fits, he fits as a piece that would work well to resign if you can get the rate going at a, at a right spot. Like he just seems like he could be a good short and long-term fit. And you have a coach, I think that is kind of, I mean, in game one, once again, very, very small sample size, but in game one kind of gave a good taste of how to use him properly. You know, I, you think the AAV would be 4 million a year for Domi? Um, probably in that range. Okay. Um, it's, I think that's, that's probably, that's probably fair. Um, it's, he's making three right now. Um, he'll be 20. He just turned 28. He was traded on his birthday, which is always, always fun. Um, I, I think that's probably a fair, a fair range. Um, if he is, if he goes off on and has a, um, if he goes and has a ridiculous playoff run, maybe he plays himself into something bigger. But I think I think that would be I think I think that would be fair. Um, four is probably fair. Um, and you're also you're having Dadanov will come off. You've got you got some other guys who I think you're going to replace from within. Like I. It's I, I think if you can make it if you can make it work, I would try to find a way to make it work, especially with the other flexibility you have next year, even though he'll hit the number because of with his bonuses, he'll hit the structure. But Joe Pavelski did do the stars a solid by signing that over 35 type deal where he gives them some flexibility in the offseason by his cap hit is only three point five for the off season. He, he's got those really, that really easy bonus structure where mm-hmm. he'll basically get to that five, five, uh, is it five, five or the four or five. Hold on. Let me double check. It's uh, yeah. He'll, he has that really easy bonus structure where he'll get to the five, five for just playing 20 games next year. So, but it does give them some flexibility to get some things done in the off season and make it and make it fit. And I would look at it that way. And then I also look at Stank Coven comes in as a guy who's going to be on an ELC that works really well. And, and you also have and nothing against, like, I think he's a fine player, but Joel Kivy, I mean, Yoel Kivy is going to be a UFA this summer. Yeah. I think Kivy has been fine, but, the point of a good AHL system is you can replace them with with a lot of guys you have coming up who make less than a million dollars. So I think I think the key to this roster next year is going to be being smart and how you spend. But that's 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 going further down the road, and we can have a ton of fun with these conversations. Oh yeah, I know, I know. Hopefully in July. Well, <laughs> so. yeah, you're absolutely right because I also wanted to. You know, we clearly, you know, all of us mentioned Stankoven, but 
Yes. Once again, the second half, Maverick Bork is playing really well for Texas. So, I, you know, I is. just wonder. I did I did want to say, because it does affect the Stars this year, there were some people on social media that were mentioning, you know, the power play struggles and the quarterback at the point. And while John Klingberg's not great, you know, defensively, um, and then the name Thomas Harley came up, bringing him up from Texas. Personally, I don't think he's ready to quarterback a power play. And how, how does that put, do you foresee him coming up? For whom? Sorry. Thomas Harley. Oh, Thomas Harley. Okay. Yeah. I thought you said, I, I got, I got the hairs crossed Maverick Bork for a second. I was, oh, okay. So, okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 No, no, no. Thomas. So yeah. Um, this season. Yeah. That's what, yeah. you know, people were saying when, when Harley comes up and I'm thinking to myself, I, I just don't see him, you no, know, Thomas coming up Harley's, in a, t- at a top six perspective. Thomas Harley's not coming up this season. If yeah. the stars are healthy. No, like the only way Thomas Harley is playing this season is, and, and, and is if you look at the defensive pairings, right now is if one of the current top six gets hurt right and then all of a sudden it would be the nature of the injury and the role like if a thomas harley is only going to play this season um in a power play role if ryan Suter, nils lundquist if ryan Suter, nils lundquist or god forbid miro Hishman yeah. got injured yeah that's that's the only way he's playing right this this this, this season um, right now conversation about next season is obviously a, fa- a fair one and yeah. i think that's another one another july conversation but <laughs> i mean it's that's that's it's a fair one but and the stars know that they want to this and i think people sometimes get confused on what's reported and what it means like yeah i i know that the stars did kick the tires and looked at some defensive things they were looking at okay how could we potentially bring in a second power play quarterback and everything like that and just because a team looks at a trade doesn't mean they're also going to call up a guy who's in that same role. It's, there's different things and different thing. You need to look at things in different vacuums and everything like that. And so um, the reasons you want, the reasons I would love to see Thomas Harley get an NHL game before the end of the season. The other issue though, that will just be difficult. And as you do a navigate the cap up and down world is it's going to have to happen with injury because once you uh, uh, after the NHL trade deadline, there's something that there's something that people kind of forget about. So there's no longer a roster limit size. So you can have now if you if you wanted to have a hundred players on well, that's no, not possible. Let's if you for through the trade deadline, you get twenty three roster spots. Now you have as many you have unlimited roster spots now. But you also only get four non-emergency recalls and send downs back to Texas. So you have to be, cho- you have to be choosy in how you make those choices, choosy in how you make those choices. Wow. That's terrible. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. That's the, why you uh, have an editor at D magazine, but exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, so if you're going to call people up and send them back down to Texas, you have to be careful. And, 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 and right now you have with, uh, it is important to note that right now it is, uh, Mur- Matt Murray and, uh, uh, Frederick Olsen are up on emergency status right now. So them going back and forth right now is not, does not count as one of your four recalls. So you're okay there right now. Yep. But um, so, but the non-emergency ones, and as long as you have seven healthy defensemen, which the stars do, and as long as you have six healthy defensemen, which they clearly do if they have seven, you can't call up Thomas Harley without using one of those non-emergency recalls. 
And then it becomes a spot where how do you make that work and how do you avoid the issue where potentially you stop Thomas Harley from being able to return to your AHL team? So it's the best thing for Thomas Harley right now is to play 25 minutes a night and win a Calder Cup. That's that's I'm going to just like that's the best that's the best thing for the stars. Thomas Harley play 25 minutes a night, go on a deep run, win a championship down there. And you know what? And then you sort it out in the summer. That's that's the that's the ideal Thomas Harley plan because I things are working in Dallas and there's things that people want to happen like they want Ryan Suter scratch they want to move you just yeah. have to accept it's not going to happen and once you and we've said this multiple times once you accept and realize that's not going to happen it's easier to just take a deep breath and live with it right and I would also say and maybe this is old school of me and I understand analytics sometimes say otherwise but. For instance, if you lose Hockenpah after this and you bring up Harley, um, you're not the biggest back line, and that can be a factor. So, I mean, you know, I, I'd like to see them get bigger on the back line. That's just me. Um, that's the physicality that I enjoy um, seeing, and I think it, you know, comes in big in the playoffs. So, speaking of the playoffs, tonight Calgary comes to town, and last year that physicality really proved – you know, worthy as far as I, I felt as though the stars kind of were worn out at the end by a, a very physical Calgary team, but this is not the same Calgary team. This is a Calgary team that lost two of their stars. They've lost five straight. Um, they've only scored one goal in their last two games. I think they did a wonderful job considering what was departing as far as restocking. Um, they've done a nice job as far as being in playoff condition uh, contention, but they're on the outside looking in, so uh, it'll be an interesting challenge for the Stars. And once again, a team that's struggling comes in, and I think the Stars need to match that intensity and energy tonight, not what we saw last Monday in Vancouver. But on the positive side, I look at that loss, but then I look at the team. Big win against Vegas. Yes, you lost against Vancouver, but then you beat Arizona, then you beat Chicago, and then you beat... um. Uh, uh, sorry, Colorado on Saturday. You're definitely putting points on the board. So, um, you know, I think we've definitely seen a rebound. Uh, some people focus on, you know, the loss on Monday night, but it was a really good last week for the Stars. Yeah, and they made moves at the deadline, and they went, and it was a really good week for the Stars, too, from the spot where the rest of the West didn't load up. Like, I mean, by the, by, by Western Conference standards, the Stars were one of the biggest buyers. Yeah. Like, I think and it's it's easy to get lost in the, in, there's so much movement in the East was just like a, a mon, it's like a pit of monsters and everything in the East. But then like by, by Western Conference standards, the stars were, were, were one of the more aggressive buyers actually, just that's by the nature of where they are. I mean, Vegas adding Jonathan Quick doesn't really do much for me, right? right. Like there's, there's some bigger names, quote unquote, but um Yes, great week for the stars in general. I mean, they got through their their valley. They got through a valley there, and now you just kind of build it forward. And this Calgary team is really interesting to me, to me because it's a team where it shows the nature, and this is something that we've seen with the stars in the past of, uh, of, of how important it was to get like a guy like Robertson and stuff like that because this Calgary team to me is a perfect example of how – much easier it is to be the number two option on a team. Cause you have a lot of guys who you have a Tyler Toffoli, you have an Elias Lindholm, you have a Nazem Kadri, you have a, a Backland. 
you have a Huberdo, you have guys who, and Huberdo, let's take Huberdo out for this conversation, Backlund, Kadri, Lindholm, Toffoli, guys who, when you had Johnny Goudreau and Kachuk, you, and, and Kadri was a, a number two in Colorado, number, sorry, even, even a number three center at times in Colorado. When you, when you're the number two guy, it's a lot easier in the matchups you get and everything like that. And Calgary kind of losing the tip of the spear in Kachuk and Gaudreau. And I know Huberto comes in and he's, he's, and Huberto is, I like Huberto a lot as a player, but he's, he's not really, he's not the tip of a spear like Goudreau and, and Kachuk are. And so he doesn't really protect the other guys the same way as far as attention and, and getting people in and everything like that. So it's this Calgary team is a perfect example of you have a lot of guys who, if you had the guy, this Calgary team is missing the guy, right? Mm-hmm. That guy at the top who who allows everyone else to just be. It's it's what Jason Robertson by having Jason Robertson and the stars don't have the stars have more than just the guy. They have the line with, with Hintz and Pavelski and, and, and Robertson, which allows Ben and Sagan to be in this supporting role. The flames don't have, have all these guys that have forever been in supporting roles. And now they don't have someone really to support like Blake Coleman, for example, I think he's a great piece, a great third line player on a really good team. He's getting paid way too much for it and playing a larger role than he should be in Calgary because of what he did in Tampa. It's, 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 a, it's an interesting piece. And it's also a coach who um, obviously has won a lot of games and there's, there's, you can't say he doesn't know what he's doing, but he's also not, is this someone who you talk about trying to evolve a little bit. I give Pete DeBoer, for, I give Pete DeBoer, for example, I give him credit for evolving with the game a little bit. And in Calgary, I don't know if they've evolved as much to, uh, find some of that happy medium you need to in today's game. Yeah, and you know, they they were saying Jacob Markstrom was quoted as saying we need to get those two points. It's a big one. So, you know, they're coming in and they know it's a huge game. Um and an update from practice just as we're doing this show, uh Ottinger in net tonight and uh, there was something else I wanted to. It looks like Kivi Ranta is probable to return to the lineup. So, um, and if that's and if that is the case, just so people know, if Kivi Ranta is eligible to return, I mentioned um, Olafson is up on the emergency loan, so it's not even a element of. It's not even an element of Olafson has to go down automatically, right? So if Kivi Ranta is healthy. Uh, Frederick Olson is up under emergency recall because of Kivy Ranta's injury. And so if Kivy Ranta is eligible to go, Olofsson has to be sent back to the AHL and then another player would have to be, then you'd have to, and then you'd have to use another recall to bring him back up. So yeah. it's not even a coaching decision. It's a management decision on if Kivy Ranta is healthy, he's playing by, by the rules of the game. We so. shall, uh, we shall certainly uh, see. And I agree with your take on Huberdo. I think he's a nice player, um, but, the mm-hmm. answer, I'm not sure. I do think, you know, they, they're they obviously rebuilding. And Jacob Markstrom, just candidly, does scare me as a guy who can steal a game. Um, I think he's a, a really good goalie. Um, so I think the Stars will have to have that sustained attack tonight um, and, you know, get off, get off early, which, you know, I think they certainly can. I was just really, it, it's just, it's good to see. It's good to see, you know, and I, I, I hate to say like, because I know, atmosphere 
really doesn't play into things. I mean, you might have a perspective of this, Sean, how much the players talk about it, but you know, when you can get that barn going early, it just provides so much energy. And I think, you know, that's been one of the stars issues as a, you know, late kind of, you know, the first 10 minutes, just kind of getting into the game. And I think that was what was so good to see. Like you talked about that initial hit, you know, that, and I think that's what Domi, um, you know, brings to the table. So, yeah, I, I think energy and atmosphere in buildings. I think, I think sometimes we overplay the positive impacts. I, I think it's important, but I think sometimes we overplay the positive impacts. But I don't think we play enough into how much a dead building can, um, a, how much it, how much a dead building can really zap a, zap a team. Or a, a, you walk into a you walk into a game and it's half filled and it's like I, I i think sometimes we give too much credit to the crowd and the high moments but we don't look enough into the low moments where it does so to kind of, it's kind of like that 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 middle area right yeah. where like um like it's because i've seen lots of like for example um there are very few while it gets everyone up and standing in the building and everything like that I've seen very few fights that actually, in my opinion, actually change the way a hockey game is played one way or the other, because it's two teams fighting. Both teams are jacked up about it. It doesn't really, it, it's, it's actually fine for both teams. Mm-hmm. Like it's, 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 it's just like, it's like if, if, if the only, I would argue one of the few fights I've seen that actually um, like really impacted a game or, or changed things um where what was the uh it was the who did again it was uh the fight the going all the way back to when tampa won cups pre pre lockout when the tampa calgary series and it was uh was it le cavalier Cavalier who fought again i think i think i think that was the i'm trying to remember who it was it was it I think it was Le Cavalier, not not St. Louis. Hold on, I want to look this up real quick so I I have the detail right for our beloved Sips and Suds listeners. Because uh, that that's one that's the only one where like I look at yeah again Le fought Le Cavalier and that was one where from a Tampa perspective like you look at <laughs> you look at another you look at what uh, you look at kind of what happens with resume and background and everything yeah. like that so uh it's uh anywho to get back on track here the the stars and energy and atmosphere it's i i think with calgary and with with ottenshire and everything like that i think this is um this is a this is an atmosphere where you come in and it's always about building on that last one yeah. you you had a big statement against Colorado. Make another statement tonight. Um, you have you have a setup where it's. I think they go six straight sure. games on the road after this. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think there's something there's be something kind of nice about getting getting Domi like like it'd yeah. be nice to get Domi a goal in the uh, in the uh, and, and then and it sets up well too where. The thing, and we'll talk about this later in the week because I think there's a really he got an assist. I know I predicted a goal. Yeah, he got an assist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think there's a really fun setup the Stars have next week that you want to kind of build on to going into where 
I feel like you play, um, they'll play Seattle and they'll play back-to-back games against Seattle over yeah, two days, that's which super will give cool. a, which will be a good, like, it'll feel like a playoff setup. And yeah. I, I think there's, it's the type of stuff you want to build into that. And we'll talk more about that on Friday. But yeah. And, and, and against, and, yeah. sorry, not to digress, but I mean, we yeah, talk yeah. about like cool trips, um, yeah. you know, looking at that one, that would be super cool. Like enjoy the day in Seattle, oh, but then yeah, get two yeah, hockey yeah. games in with your favorite team. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, it's all about building the next one tonight. That's, that's what it is. And, yeah. and you can also continue to, you, you get, you look at the central division and I don't know if Minnesota plays tonight or not. I'd have to look at the schedule, but you also, you're, you're got that spot now where Minnesota has emerged as the big challenger. Minnesota is the one that added added a little bit at the bet deadline even when they were sending some other people out and now it's kind of that minnesota team you're trying to avoid uh to catch you so yeah it's an opportunity you know i think the other thing too i, I did want to say about max domi is take a look at his twitter account and i don't know if he gets this from his dad but you know i'm really impressed how he pays homage to different teammates uh he sent out a great tweet about jamie ben with the two of them talking saying honored to be on the ice basically with you for your you know as we celebrate your thousandth game and and, you know, when his players are, when his teammates are traded, he, you know, in Chicago, he was celebrating them, um, you know, a picture with Chris Chelios and, you know, I mean, it just seems as though he has tremendous respect for the game. And, you know, I like that coming into the room late and, you know, a guy that knows his place, knows his new teammates, respects his new teammates and just kind of wants to fit in. I think there's something to be said for that. The, uh, it's also the spot too where he understands his brand. Like that's something where like I think a lot of a lot of hockey players, um, even if they do understand it, they may not embrace it. And I think that's that's a great thing to have someone embrace. It. And that's another reason where we talk about more this in July or later in the season, be a nice uh kind of get uh nice kind of opportunity to re-sign because I think he can help grow a fan base. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. And one of those tweets was, uh, you know, he, he didn't see his, um, kind of tribute when he was in, he, he wasn't in Montreal long, but they did a really nice tribute for him. And he just Mm -hmm. posted, reposted the video from the scoreboard and said, I didn't see this as it was happening. Thank you so much. And then, you know, he put some French words in there. I just think it's just a general respect that I thought was, uh, uh, pretty cool. So yeah, July conversations, we shall uh, enjoy them. But as mm-hmm. for now, before the mighty road trip, it's uh, on to uh, beat the Calgary Flames, hopefully uh, tonight. So I'm super excited. You're a beast, my friend. Thanks for breaking down the uh, Colorado situation. Um, we will all be checking out your Twitter, getting ready for the latest D Magazine article in which um, you talk in depth about Max Domi. So excited to uh, read that as well. Awesome. Well, hey everyone, thank you for listening. Enjoy the game tonight, and uh, should be uh, should be a good week. And obviously, uh, enjoy a normal start time tonight, and get the coffee ready for the West Coast trip. So, <laughs> absolutely, and we like it when he gets rest. He's Sean Shapiro from EP Ringside and Chap Shots, and remember, catch out that article on D Magazine. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan. We'll be back later this week. If we can pull Ludwig in for a podcast, we certainly will. Sean will join us on uh, Friday as well. Have a great day, everybody.